Hi. Ooh, bubble in my throat. <laughs> I'm only going to try this 17 times. Yeah, so. well, you have like four more times to go before we reach that number. Hi, I'm big. And I am white. And together we are big and white. And you are listening to our podcast. Ah. It's the Big and White Podcast. <laughs> and it's a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. Mm. And also maybe other places. Mm -hmm. This episode's more general. Disclaimer. Right at the beginning. Disclaimer. <laughs> general episode. <laughs> Do you want to explain what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. So we're both traveling right now. That's not any new news to you guys. Um, but often when we are, especially in the States and people are like, oh my gosh, you live in Nepal. I want to visit Nepal. And we're like, cool. You totally should. It's a freaking amazing place. And then they say, but I'm not experienced with traveling internationally and I would have to be coming by myself. And that seems scary. And we're like, nah, man, it's totally cool. And they're like, I don't believe you. <laughs> and then you get into like a brawl in the backyard you gotta take it outside you gotta take it out of the bar you lose friends over it so we're like you know what enough of this we have to just come up with an episode and tell people how to travel internationally that's true and then they won't be afraid anymore yeah because if they listen to the first episode we did about it we only told funny stories which might terrify <laughs> <Yeah>. them <laughs> So, I mean, we've already lost like 15 friends because we let it escalate um, to a brawl. You know, we're always brawling over here at Big and White. It's true. That is not a word we say enough, but we brawl. We're brawl happy. We've lost friends. Yeah. So now all of the friends that we still have, we want them to come to Nepal. We want nothing to stand in their way. So this is the episode. <laughs> Tips and tricks of actually traveling internationally we got you you listen to this you'll know and then you won't be scared anymore yeah you'll say listen i know what's coming i know how to prepare yeah and i can just take whatever life throws at me mostly yeah and by life we mean the istanbul airport oh that's a rough one <laughs> should have gone for an easier one if you want to know what i'm talking about then you should go back to the first episode that we ever talked about International travel, um, it's near to the beginning of our podcasting career, which is long and illustrious, obviously. <laughs> so just scroll all the way to the bottom. It's called International Travel uh, Joys and Woes. Yep. Yep. We both re-listened to it recently. Yes. And it's actually pretty good. It is. Yeah. But we didn't want to be like, you know, telling the same stories over and over again. Yeah. I mean, we felt like... We got some good stuff in there, but it wasn't maybe as informational. And there's still a lot more that we can say about taking a flight across an ocean. Mm -hmm. So we're here for you. We're going to help you. We got you. We got you, girl. Yeah. Boy. Come see us. Come on over. Come in. Come in. Come, Come in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm super excited to talk about all that stuff. It's going to be amazing. But first, I have something even more exciting to talk about. White. What could it? B, are you listening? I'm here. We have a new patron. Woo! -woo! Yes! I'm so excited. So usually we give our Patreon patrons a fun little pseudonym like we have, mm -hmm. Big and White, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. that is obviously always planned very far in advance. Yes. Right, Big? Super prepared. What is our Patreon patron's name, Big? 
His name is Eagle Falcon 12. Wow. <laughs> Straight out of Black Ops. Am I right? That's right. We're amazing. Mm-hmm. The military asked us to come and work for them. Yeah. And we said no. We turned it down for this podcast. <laughs> it's like, so sorry. We have other obligations. <laughs> I can't save the president's life today. I have to do my podcast. <laughs> I have to do a podcast that I post every other week. <laughs> But yeah, this new patron, thank you so much. We're so excited to have you on the team. Eagle Falcon 12 is a yak level patron. White, do you want to give us a little bit more information about yaks and why they're amazing? Boy, do I. Furry, adorable, and majestic, yaks are the most intimidating animals in Nepal. (laughs) Usually spotted in front of picturesque snow-capped peaks, their hair makes the itchiest yarn you can imagine. (laughs) If you give $15 a month, you carry the knowledge everywhere that you are as majestic as a yak. That is so true. In our eyes. Don't ask your other friends about this. (laughs) So right now, we are 84% of the way to our first big Patreon bonus. Yes. So if we get to $25 a month, with Patreon supporters, we will do an Ask Me Anything episode. And you guys can send in all your burning questions mm-hmm. and it will be glorious and amazing. Mm-hmm. So if you love the pod and you want to show your support monetarily, please join our special new Black Ops patron <laughs> by visiting patreon.com slash big and white. Yeah. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah. Just like a couple bucks a month. Easy. That's cool. Okay. So thank you again. Um, What's his name again? Eagle Falcon 12? Sure. Something like that. <laughs> like Sparrow Woodpecker 14? <laughs> yeah, that makes me happy. So let's smoothly transition this, shall we beg, to um what you've done this week. Yes. What have you done this week? What I have done since our last episode was posted is buy my ticket to Nepal. Yes! Uh, I'm so happy. I know, me too. I'm getting so excited. It's funny, like, being in Southern California, because it's just my homeland, you know, I'm starting to get comfortable, I'm hanging out with my friends and seeing their lives, and I'm like, oh, maybe this, you know, maybe I want to move back, maybe (laughs) this is the life I want. Once I bought my ticket, I was like, nope, I'm ready. I'm ready to go to Nepal. Yes. uh... And then I immediately, hashtag Millennial Minute, went to Instagram and started following all these Nepali companies in an effort to get my ads back up to speed. Yes. Where I'm getting ads for Nepali stuff instead of American stuff. Yes. And I found out there's a Harley Davidson Kathmandu. So <gasps> what? Getting is it pretty real? excited. Yes, it's real. <laughs> where is it? I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. It's not Davidson Harley. No. <laughs> or hardly Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining them taking Royal Enfields and just repainting them. <laughs> yeah. No, they're legit Harleys, and I'm super excited. It's going to be good. That's awesome. Wow. I'm really curious now. Another thing to add to the list. I know. Well, I legitimately yesterday did a Ask Google to ask how many days it was until you get back. Well, that's so nice. I'm so glad you're excited. Back, 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 back I've been gone for so ding, long. Ding. Tell the world, tell your friends. 
<laughs> but yeah, like I've been gone for so long that it's almost hard to imagine. It's sort of like going for the first time. I'm like, what's it going to be like there again? Who am I friends with? Like, what do I do? <laughs> I'm sure I forgot all Nepali language. <laughs> oh, it was hard even after a month. Like, I don't want to scare you, but I mean, it's still there. It's like muscle memory, but mm -hmm. it's a little bit scary. Yeah, but I'm definitely like prepared to do a lot of brushing up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I My other plan besides just taking a language class is I found this, I don't know, reality TV show yeah. called Himalaya Roadies, Ooh. which I guess there's an MTV Roadies show, which it must be based on. But my best guess is that they're finding people to work f for a band as their roadies. <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, past big, you're so silly. That's not what the show is at all. It's a reality show that's originally from India, and according to Wikipedia, in the show, a group of contestants travel to different destinations and participate in various tasks that challenge their physical and mental strengths. There are vote outs, vote ins, eliminations, and game changing twists. Whoa. So I guess you get to see different parts of the country and get all the excitement of a reality show. Fun. Apparently, the original one from India is super popular, but I don't know anything about Indian television, so I didn't know that it has been going for 17 years <laughs> or what it was at all. But yeah, this is the third season of the Nepali one, and I can't wait to watch it. Anyway, there's four teams and a panel of judges, and I'm going to learn all the Nepali slang, and I cannot wait. Yes, uh, if you want other things to watch, I've been watching the YouTube channel of this. He's a powerlifting trainer, mm -hmm. and I know of him from the powerlifting meet that our friend competed in, but his name is Brahmand Mokthan. He He's the trainer of like the guy who won the powerlifting meet but anyway so he mm. and he started a podcast too which is like on youtube as well and it has the unfortunate name from my american standpoint of being called the big boys with a z <laughs> podcast <laughs> but it's really fun to watch because like it's him brahman and then i can't think of his name right now but like the strongest powerlifter in nepal right now and they're like going back and forth and talking about the fitness industry in Nepal. And they're like fluent in English. They're fluent in Nepali. And so they code switch like really quickly, use like phrases of each language just really seamlessly. That's awesome. And it's so fun to listen to. So they'll like say like an entire sentence in English and then just use one or two Nepali phrases. They'll be like, yeah, so... I started lifting when I was 21 years old, Hoina. Mm -hmm. Like, right? Yeah. Or he'll be like, Miru fitness career started when I was 21 years old. Oh, interesting. To say like, I or my yeah. training. Yeah. So it's super fun. I love it. That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. Um, Did you talk about your week? <laughs> you did it, right? No. <laughs> we didn't need to talk about my week. Just talk about your week. I'm so excited about it. I know. <laughs> um, my week, I just got back fr to Nepal um, a couple days ago. I was in the U.S. for a month visiting family and uh, catching up with friends and stuff and celebrating Christmas and New Year's. It was fun. It was a really good trip. Um, but by the end, just like when you're traveling constantly, sorry, big, you've been doing this for nine months. Mm -hmm. That's exhausting. But like traveling for just one month by the end of it, I was like, you know what? Like, this has been an incredible trip. I have done what I set out to do, like reconnecting with people. 
I'm ready to get back to my regular life and be in my own bed and have my routine down. So I got in on like the afternoon and then the next day I went back to work with a normal schedule and I went to the gym. So ambitious. It felt so good though. And like I was super excited to go back to our gym, the pump. Shout out. We love you. This should just be a podcast about the pump. I feel like it's all we talk about, but I'm still going to talk about it. Um, So like in America, I was training. I was still training. I was lifting a lot. I went to eight different gyms in the span of a month. That's crazy Um, to me. And I had a blast. I love going to new gyms. But I was like, I just miss going to my gym. Like the atmosphere is just I haven't found it in any gym anywhere else in the world. It's just so nice. I know. It's so cool. We love the pump. And so I'm like walking up the stairs because it's at the very top of the building and um, I'm looking down, right? And I just hear from above me somebody saying, oh, my God, you're back. And it's one of the trainers from the pump who's the best. And it just made me feel so good. And I'm like, everybody deserves a gym experience where the people who work there like know you and mm-hmm. they're happy to see you again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It was so fun. So thanks, Pump. We're glad to be back. Congrats on being back. Thanks. Congrats on going to the gym your first day. That's <laughs> the best way to get over jet lag. Yes, it worked too. We're going to talk about this in the episode, but yeah. Yeah, we should talk about jet lag for sure. <laughs> okay, well, uh, speaking of jet lag, let's talk about traveling internationally we're not talking about the whole thing of traveling internationally no we're talking about getting from point a to point b yep and especially if you're going really far yep yep (laughs) this episode goes out to all of you travelers going continent to continent it sucks we hope this information is helpful and or that you just feel good because it feels so familiar (laughs) Um, okay, so should we just start from like the very beginning mm-hmm. of how you travel internationally? Mm-hmm. So I want to know, I guess we can just kind of like, this episode can kind of be like loose question and answer, like, we can compare how we do international travel, everybody's a little bit different, right? Yep. Um. So I want to know, big, when you're booking an international flight, like what's your method, what factors are important to you when you're choosing a flight, mm. etc. I have so many opinions. <laughs> uh, no, I feel like this is one of my like engineering brain. Like I love finding the best flights and looking at tons of different websites and comparing different days and, you know, <laughs> using points to buy this flight, but I don't have enough points. So I'll save them for the next time. And then I'll transfer them from my credit card to my airline, whatever. <laughs> it's a lot, but I will say before we even start, not a sponsor, Chase Sapphire Reserve credit card is yes. the best card if you travel because you gain, you earn a lot of points and you get free access to lounges and you can use the points for anything, but they're worth more if you're buying travel. So uh, I'm not going to speak a lot about it, but go do your research and trust me, the annual fee is worth it. Not a sponsor. <laughs> I wish. I know, right? <laughs> um, so when you're booking international travel, I feel like, have you ever heard the thing with manufacturing or just business in general where there's three factors mm-hmm. and you can have two of them, but not all three? Do tell. And the factors are fast, cheap, and good. So you can have a cheap product that you get quickly, but it's going to be poor quality, right? 
or you can have a good quality thing done fast, but it's going to be expensive. Or you can have something done really slowly that's cheap and is good quality. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And I feel like international travel is totally the same. Yeah. So it's just like really about your personal priorities of time. So like how long do you want your layovers to be? How long do you want it to take to fly there versus how much money you're willing to pay? Obviously, mm-hmm. like my cousin refuses to fly economy class ever and that like limits, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how much she can travel. And then comfort like for me comfort would be like uh what type of airport you have a layover in Mm -hmm. or like you know whether maybe you have a longer layover so you can get a hotel or not or whatever anyway so yeah you just have to balance those factors um i love skyscanner Mm -hmm. and kayak and Mm lastminute.com for finding good flights yeah what about you like how do you find flights how do you weigh those things To be honest, I am not so smart. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like flying out of at least Nepal tends to be pretty expensive anyway. And like if I'm flying to somewhere like Arkansas where I'm going to do like I'm not ever going to fly directly to Arkansas. So it's going to be a lot more expensive. So that depends on where you go. And you could do more research about this depending on where you're heading. But sometimes... You're not going to necessarily get a better deal. It's always going to be about the same price. Mm -hmm. So I have stopped being super anal about trying to find a really good deal. Yeah. And I tend to just kind of go for going through airports that I know. So like going to America, I'll often go to one of the Gulf states. So like uh, the UAE or Qatar, somewhere like that. Usually I'll fly through Qatar. So I just, I like knowing exactly what to expect. Yeah, that's a really good point. This time when I was looking at flights, um, there was a bunch of really cheap ones through China. And I was just like, you know what? It's not worth it to me Mm -hmm. to save $300 and maybe have a terrible experience or maybe get stuck in this country. (laughs) You know what I mean? So yeah, that's definitely part of it's based on experience for sure. But if you're flying to a place that you haven't been to, you might not know. Um, Actually, this is a good moment to have a plug for this website that I love. Also not a sponsor. (laughs) It's Mm sleepinginairports.net. And they have reviews of tons of international airports. Mm -hmm. And they talk about things that you might not see on other review sites. Like, do they have good benches that you can sleep on? Like, are there easily accessible plugs to charge your electronics? Yeah. Uh, Different stuff like that. And I found that one really helpful. If I'm thinking about flying through an airport that I've never been to before, then I can get more information on what it might be like to have a 10-hour layover in that airport. And is that worth it? Or should I just buy the flight that's $200 more mm-hmm. and go through a different airport or whatever? Yeah. So yeah, again, that's sleepinginairports.net. Yeah, that's really good to know. And like some people really like to have like stopovers too. Like that's true. Like I had people who came and visited me and they it took a lot them a lot longer to get here, but they stopped over in Singapore for like a day and then kept flying mm-hmm. um, all the way to Kathmandu. And so it depends, you know, like if you're on going on a holiday or like on vacation or a holiday, then, you know, maybe you don't mind stopping over for a day or two. And like a lot of airports have free tours that they give Mm -hmm. for people coming from the airport and like a lot of amenities. They want you to come into their country and contribute to tourism. Yeah. So that's definitely an option. 
Well, I also, I even like doing that. Even if I'm not on holiday, I think it's nice to break it up. You know, if you just did a 12 hour flight, Mm -hmm. like I want a few hours to walk around an airport and not be worried that I'm going to miss my next flight or whatever before I have to sit on a plane for another 10 hours, you know? I think there's also like the, when you're thinking about where you're flying and your route, um, there's also the, like when you're taking off from your home country and when you're landing in your destination country. Like, for example, living in L.A., when I look at flying out of LAX, I want to think about, like, I don't want to drive in traffic on my way to my flight. So, you know, thinking about, like, time of day for that. Um, But then also landing. I always think about how it's going to help me with jet lag. And this is kind of a personal thing. So especially if you're having, like, us, where we're going to Nepal, we have a 12-hour time difference. Like, would you rather arrive in the morning Mm -hmm. and, you know, have an active day? And then you'll be able to sleep at night. Or would you rather arrive at night and just pass out? Right. <laughs> you know? And I think that kind of varies based on person. Yeah. And you might not know that about yourself until you do a long international flight. And you're That's like, true. oh, snap, this is who I am when I'm traveling <laughs> internationally. <laughs> it also might like depend on the type of trip. Like if you're going on vacation, you're a tourist, then you want to arrive in the morning and you mm-hmm. can run around the city and do exciting things. And if you're going home like I am to Nepal, like oh, I just want to get home and pass out in my bed. Right. <laughs> I'm done with this. Yeah, that is a good point. Like sometimes arriving... I think arriving in Nepal for the first time, you I arrived, I think, at night the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's overwhelming. If you haven't traveled in that kind of traffic before and you're just in the night, you can't see where oh, you're going. true. And you're just like whizzing along in the back of a taxi. Then, you know, if you might want to get your bearings and arrive sometime when it's not dark outside already. That is super true. Yeah, I liked arriving during the day the very first time I came. That's a good point. Okay, here's a question for you, which also has to do with buying your tickets. Uh, Which seat do you like? Oh, well, something that is incredibly important to me while I travel is being able to go pee. (laughs) It's actually pretty important to like my regular life too, but I guess we don't need to talk about Um, that. Do we need to talk about uh, your health, White? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, back to the important point. Um, I always love an aisle seat Mm. like for all that i'm kind of sad when i'm flying in places and you know you don't get that like super amazing instagram moment of like (laughs) seeing the skyline of Kathmandu. you know i will trade that any day for being able to get up and walk around especially you know if it's like a two-hour trip like Mm. who gives a crap honestly but on the like long trips between like 14 or 16 hour yeah, flights. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like there's nothing worse than being like, oh no, my seatmate is asleep. Should I like try to climb over them inconspicuously? Yes. Should I wake them up? I don't know what to do. Should I just let myself get blood clots by sitting for 14 <laughs> hours? So. I always try to get an aisle seat. Yeah, dude. While I totally get you, I'm actually the opposite, and here's why. Oh. So I love a window seat Uh eternally, and it's because I like to sleep against the window. Mm -hmm. Like, having something to lean on makes it so that I can sleep. Yeah. 
So if it's a longer flight, like I will get up, but then basically what I do is I still only try to get up like two times or something during a long flight. But then once I'm up, (laughs) (laughs) why is frowning two times? Dear God. In 14 hours? Yeah. Pee right before, pee right after. (laughs) Guess I have a better bladder than you. Please consult a medical professional before following Big's advice. Okay, but but here's the thing is when I do get up, I stay up for a long time. For seven hours? I don't know. <laughs> I don't just go to the bathroom and come back. Right. Although, okay, related to this, I have a funny story. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was walking through an airport and they had ads on the wall of like crazy things that people do in airports and on airplanes. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's just a funny ad for some airline or something. And <laughs> one of the things was like, dear fellow travelers. It's not okay to do warrior one in the aisles of the plane, <laughs> which is a yoga pose where you're like, have one foot in front of the other and your front leg is bent. So it's like a lunge. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally do that. <laughs> Why isn't it okay? <laughs> exactly. But I mean, maybe it was aimed at domestic travelers. I don't know. But I was laughing that I was the example of the annoying person <laughs> on the plane. <laughs> But it's true, I think, especially, like, my hip flexors and, like, the front of my legs get tight from sitting, so I always want to stretch that out. But definitely walking around the plane is important. Yeah. Yeah, I love a good window seat. Mm -hmm. And, well, like you said, too, if it's a shorter flight, so you could do, like, an aisle seat for your 12-hour flight and then a window seat for your shorter flight when you're actually landing in the place that you're going to so you can see the gorgeous Himalayan panorama. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's good to get up and walk around. Well, so, okay. So I like window seats because I can sleep Mm -hmm. on planes. Mm -hmm. Do you sleep on planes? Heck nah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I guess if I didn't sleep, I would want an aisle seat. Yeah. I'm terrible at sleeping on planes and I just feel like really vulnerable when I'm there. Oh, interesting. So, and it's just not comfortable. So like I'll sleep for maybe and half an hour or something and then you wake up and your neck hurts and yeah. everything is uncomfortable oh, anyway. I have a whole strategy for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's unfortunate. Do you feel vulnerable like someone could take your bag or like no, could poke you or you just just that I look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to take the train to work when I lived in Portland and once I woke up my head was tilted way back and my mouth was completely <laughs> open. <laughs> I was just sleeping like that. And it was so amazing. I'm getting like, like I just did CPR certification a week ago. And so I'm just imagining the like dummy when you have to like make sure that you tilt his neck back so his airways are clear. I'm pretty sure that's what you look like. (laughs) Oh, and the guy, like the train ticket guy, you know, I knew him because I saw him every day. And he like woke me up like, man. I'm like, (laughs) oh. <laughs> so I get it. If you're trying to avoid that situation, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. I do try at least. Oh, man. I feel like every time I fly, I add a new implement. You know, I have a scarf that I use as a blanket. And then the mm-hmm. next time I fly, like I get noise canceling headphones. Mm-hmm. And then the next time I get a neck pillow. And now I also use an eye mask. So I've got, like 12 <laughs> layers yes. that like prop me up. They're like, who is that? Is that a person? I know. If they like come by for drinks, I have to unravel like 12 things. I'm like, one second. <laughs> I'll have a gin and tonic. <laughs> They're like, oh, sweetie, here's the bottle. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, okay, so you don't sleep on planes, no. but do you sleep in the airport? I, yeah, I've gotten so much better about airports. And, like, actually, that influences how I plan my travel for sure. So, like, since I know that I don't sleep on planes, um, I try to leave a lot of time, like a longer layover. So, between like 10 and 18 hours, <laughs> um, a layover. Uh, so then I don't have to stress when I get there. Yeah. Like I yeah. know that I have enough time. I can go to sleep without an alarm and wake up every hour still. But yeah, no, I totally agree though. I'd almost rather have like a 12, 15 hour layover than yeah. like a four hour layover just because then you can actually sleep and get refreshed and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that that helps so much for being able to get to wherever you're going and still feel like a human mm -hmm. because you already have you know you've had a full night's sleep or maybe not a full night's sleep no. but you've had like <laughs> some kind of night's sleep yeah so i think like when i was traveling to america the last time i was in qatar and they don't have like sleeping rooms but they have like men's women family quiet rooms mm -hmm. um and they have like metal beach chairs <laughs> that don't recline yeah they're so uncomfortable <laughs> so i actually just sleep on the floor oh that's smart i should do that next time yeah so i bring lots of stuff to be able to sleep like i yeah. have um a little jacket and i have a scarf and then i have an eye mask and then like i'll have a sleeve of my jacket covering my mouth and my neck mm. so i feel like less vulnerable and you can't <laughs> see my mouth gaping open and then i think this is really the money like bring something like a big coat like i brought my big winter coat mm -hmm. um or a blanket like you could legit just bring a blanket yeah to sleep under because that helps at least simulate a little bit like a bed. Yeah, it can be really cold too. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I did that in Las Vegas. Have I told you this? So here's some travel advice. Never have a layover in Vegas. <laughs> it's a fine airport to fly in and out of. It's real easy because it's super small. But if you have a layover there, it is not set up for people to just hang out there like most international airports are. Mm -hmm. There's like no good food. Every main room is full of slot machines. So <laughs> your options are like sit in a bad restaurant, sit in an awkward hallway, or sit at a slot machine. <laughs> You're like curled up around a slot machine while like an 85-year-old woman is doing playing slots. Exactly. Oh. So I like found this hallway that was freezing cold and playing <laughs> the weirdest eccentric combination of music. I can't even like put on my noise-canceling headphones and I fell asleep. And then I woke up and like I was watching people walk by me and they were giving me the weirdest like why is that chick sleeping on the floor? Oh. And I was like, have you been to an airport before? <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Oh man, it was pretty funny. But yeah. Um Yeah. International travel, I think, in so many ways, is so much more chill than domestic travel. Oh yeah. I hate domestic flying. Yes, it's, it's stressful to me. Yeah. On the planes, you're packed in closer with people and have like tighter schedules and international travel is a little bit more luxurious kind of by nature they feed you and mm -hmm. they take a little bit of care of you yeah they give you menus on the plane <laughs> shocking i know amazing yeah you know just like throw peanuts in the window <laughs> they're like take it get out of my face oh man yeah but uh speaking of sleeping in airports sometimes you don't have to sleep in an airport and you should check that out oh yeah some airlines have a deal where if you have a layover that's over a certain amount of time then you qualify for a hotel. Yeah. So I know Turkish has that, but you have to be careful. Like 
if you could have bought a flight with a shorter layover for the same day, they won't give you the hotel, mm-hmm. but you know, it has to like qualify. So make sure you check on all that stuff, but definitely do your research. If you're going to have a long layover, you might get a free hotel and yeah. arriving after having slept in a bed and showered oh. is so magical. It's amazing. But even if your travel plans don't, or the airline doesn't support having a free hotel, it's actually a lot more affordable and generally easier than you might think to just get a hotel if your layover is long enough. Mm. Like, how long do you think that of a lay like maybe twelve hours or more makes it worth it? Yeah, that would be mine. Some people do it on shorter layovers, yeah. but I just get too stressed out because you, yeah. if you have to leave the airport and come back, that's a lot of time. Yeah, some airports have hotels inside of them. Mm-hmm. I got to stay in an hotel in the Singapore airport once and it was a dream. I bet it was. Yeah. I like one of my flights got canceled and so they gave us all free hotels and it was like super high end, super fancy. It came with a cell phone that you could take out into the city with you. Genius. And everything on the bed was down. Down pillows, down comforter, down under thing. I was sleeping in a cloud. It was amazing. I took a bath. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. You all should be super jealous that I had that experience. Yeah, and yeah, we are. Don't you even worry your pretty little <laughs> Consider head. paying for that hotel next time you fly through Singapore. <laughs> but if, yeah, if you don't want to shell out 300 bucks <laughs> at least for that, like, I guess I should say that most of the airports that I know are like Qatar or Abu Dhabi. But a lot of those, like the Middle Eastern countries... Um, don't have visa requirements for a lot of countries. I'm sorry if, you know, you're a country that your passport requires a visa. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But for a lot of countries, then you can, you know, go out into the city. They want you to be a tourist. So like you could find a good hotel, like a at least three star hotel for 60 bucks. It has a free shuttle Mm -hmm. that will pick you up at the airport. Like and it's pretty easy to do right as well. And some even if they don't have like a free visa, they might have a transit visa that's like, you know, good for 48 hours Mm -hmm. or whatever. So yeah, if you just check into that, you might find out that you can have a fun little excursion into the city. Yeah. 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 And most of that that kind of thing, like it's not dangerous to do. Mm, it's no, all mm-mm. super legit. Yeah. Um. So if you're alone, then like don't let the fact that you're alone hamper you from going out and at least going to a hotel and getting a shower. <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally. Um. Okay. And if you're cheap like me and also afraid to leave the airport because you might never get back, <laughs> <laughs> I have had a near miss with that. Luckily, I made it back, but it was I was running through the Mexico City airport with <laughs> my luggage and my friend's luggage because she is really short and she couldn't run very fast. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to do that again, so I usually don't leave the airport on my layover, but if you have a travel credit card or sometimes you can pay to access a lounge. Yeah. And that can be really nice. Usually you're not going to be able to sleep there necessarily, but sometimes they have showers. They always have free food and free drinks Mm -hmm. and it's a lot quieter than the rest of the airport usually. And it's just a really chill place to hang out. So that is another thing that can be a really helpful thing in making your international travel a more pleasant and relaxed experience. Yeah. If you are going to be there for um, a while and you don't have a uh, travel credit card, like Big said, you can buy 
access to the lounge. Usually it's pretty expensive, though, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, once I was going into one, because I have the free pass, and the guy behind me was paying just for day use, and it was, like, I don't know, 250 bucks or something. It was a lot. Yeah. So it probably depends on the lounge, but yeah, check into that. Yeah. And you can look up, like, just do a little research before you go to that airport and see. Because a lot of times there's multiple lounges and they offer different amenities. Mm-hmm. But if it's not super expensive, then you can make up your money pretty quickly. Because, yeah, you get all, like, free buffet constantly. All of the free drinks like you know you don't need to pay for $16 coffee (laughs) just get it for free especially when you're somewhere that you don't know what the exchange rate is so you're like whatever I'm just gonna buy it and then you're like you see your credit card statement and you're like that was $20 for that freaking muffin are you kidding me (laughs) so you can make up for it yeah and you can get a shower Mm -hmm. oh man we can offer lots of advice about how to (laughs) continue to feel like a human when you're traveling internationally yes you kind of lose touch with reality like you're jumping time zones your poor body hasn't slept enough you're not eating you know like your normal kind of food necessarily i know so you just come out the other side just feeling like you really have come out of a wormhole the way i cope is i just kind of go into this zen mode of like nothing affects me and nothing nothing comes in (laughs) nothing goes out like people try to talk to me and i'm like I cannot. (laughs) But then it's also like nothing bothers me either. I'm just like in this little bubble of like, I don't know, I'm imagining some kind of cartoon thing where people are talking to me that's like bouncing off the bubble. (laughs) I have no emotions. I have no thoughts. I will arrive at some point (laughs) and then I'll be human again. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I feel bad because I feel like on planes and in airbirds, like I used to talk to people more. Mm. And now I just I'm like, I'm here to pass the time and do not speak to me. (laughs) And I do feel like what do you think? Like, I think that international flights, like there's a different expectation about like talking to your seatmates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is. Which seems like almost counterintuitive because it's like these are the people that you're gonna have to be like bumping knees with every couple hours so you can go pee Mm -hmm. or you know like waking up if they're asleep and you they need to eat breakfast or something i mean i don't do that but you know it's just like a different it's a different etiquette whereas like if you travel within the u.s i go through culture shock when i'm on those short u.s flights like i've just gone from nepal to qatar which is like a five-hour flight and then qatar to dallas (laughs) which is a 16-hour flight and then dallas to arkansas which is like an hour and a half flight and i'm in dallas on or you know on a flight into arkansas and people are like talking 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 to me the entire time and i'm like what are you doing (laughs) like i'm not mad at it it's just unexpected to me now i think part of it is on international flights everyone knows that everyone's from different cultures so i think there's like more understanding that you might not understand each other Mm -hmm. or you might not have the same expectations so people are less willing to like put themselves out there you know yeah like i've noticed if i sit next to a white person on a plane they will talk to me (laughs) like they're like oh my god you're of my ilk and i'm like am i not necessarily (laughs) like once oh my gosh it was actually the most hilarious and entertaining thing i 
was on this flight from LAX to Japan. And I was like, our row only had two seats in it instead of three for some reason. And the guy sitting next to me was from Arizona. And he was like the most Arizonan looking <laughs> dude I've ever seen. He was wearing cargo shorts and flip flops and like was super tan with a shaved head. And he's like, just sits down and starts talking away to me like there was no he didn't breathe he didn't wait for me to respond like it was hilarious and he was telling me all about his life and he was going to visit his wife in japan who's japanese who he met when she studied abroad in high school at his school in arizona and then they lost touch for a long time and then he was like dude i wonder what she's up to and he called her up and then they decided to date and then she moved to america for him and then <laughs> all about his problems with his in-laws and how they don't like him because he's too boisterous and you know like boisterous <laughs> i don't like... know where they're getting that from man <laughs> exactly exactly it was so funny and then about how he thought his wife was pregnant but she hadn't told him and he was Holy gonna find crap. out when he got there and then his father-in-law was hosting this big dinner that he was supposed to be up he didn't want to go because he knows everyone hates him <laughs> i was just sitting there like stunned and i think usually i would be annoyed if someone talked to me that much but it was like so <laughs> ridiculous that i just couldn't absorb it That's and i was hilarious. like yes yes and then no here's the best part then he stopped talking he asked me like three questions about myself <laughs> and then turned and immediately fell asleep. <laughs> Just conked out within like 10 seconds. It's like, dude, what is happening in your brain? <laughs> I don't know. It was the funniest thing. Wow. And I feel like after that, I never want to talk to anyone on a plane again because no. no one could ever be that entertaining. <laughs> yep. Uh. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I'll talk to people. Like I met a girl from California once and that was fun to talk to her and she had been in Nepal. And so we chatted about that. And I think sometimes, I don't know, I just feel like I'm not ready for the emotional engagement when oh, I know exactly. I'm never going to see the person again, especially if it's your second of three flights or something, yeah. you know, like yep. you're not there for it. <laughs> I Yeah. Generally, I don't talk to people on planes and I'm like, I can be pretty chatty, but yeah, that is like just you know, conserving energy time. But <laughs> when I was flying out of Istanbul, my flight had gotten all messed up. And so they had rerouted, like I had stayed the night in Istanbul and um, I had come back the next morning and they put me on a flight flying into New York. And, um, and the guy that I was sitting next to had also had a similar predicament and we didn't chat for a while. And then like one of our meals was served and then I don't remember how we started talking, but we started talking and we didn't stop for like 13 hours. What? <laughs> it was like the entire trip. Uh, I know. I mean, I guess if you're not going to sleep, that would be fine. It was insane. He was like an, an older guy, Australian, going to New York to hang out with some of his buddies. But he was like just a, such a fun person to talk to because he was so engaging. But it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to ask you questions so that I can talk about myself. Like he was like so encouraging and interested in my life. Yeah. It like didn't take a lot of emotional energy to right. do that. Yeah. And it was kind of like we were, this is going to sound weird, but like kind of like stand-ins for the respective dysfunctional member in our family so like he was kind of estranged from his daughter uh, and then i kind of have some rough relationship with my dad right. and so we were like like 
therapy for one another talking from like the other person's perspective and like we got deep man we talked about politics we talked about faith like it was insane that's actually kind of amazing yeah are you glad that happened i am it was really it was just yeah super insane and then by the end then we like i don't remember where like laguardia maybe Mm -hmm. and laguardia like immediately when you get off and you're heading towards immigration it puts a bar in between two lines so you have um u.s passports and non-u.s passports and so then we're like but you're walking along the same line oh so you were and like so we were like together. across the bar and we're still talking <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> and then we separated for immigration and then back of the baggage claim then we like found each other again oh and like gave you know gave a hug and wished all the best and that's so funny and then we were off wow I don't think I've ever talked with any person for that long. <laughs> I know. It was insane. Wow. It was, uh, yeah. Mazel tov? Yeah. But you had some, like, travel serendipity there. I know. It just doesn't happen. It's never happened again. Yeah. Or before. So, Whew. don't go on a plane expecting that, though. Right. One of my friends, I feel like this is the worst thing ever because now I want this to happen to me. <laughs> One of my friend's sisters met her husband on an airplane. They were sitting next to each other. (laughs) They were like flying. She was going to Germany for some reason. So they're flying from San Francisco to Germany and he's German and she's from California. And she said at first, like he kept talking to her and she was so annoyed. She's like, who is this guy? Stop talking to me. (laughs) And then by the end of the flight, they were like in love. Incredible. I know. They're married. They have a kid. <laughs> if you're like sitting next to somebody who's like a good looking guy, do you try to talk to them? Um, I feel like that hasn't ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's happened to me on domestic flights. I feel but... like I'll see someone get on the plane and I'm like, ooh, I hope you sit next to me. And then they like sit next to their wife and some old <laughs> fat guy sits next to me. And I'm like, this no. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah, the people you meet on flights, I tell you. You never know, do you? You never know. Um. Okay, well, so we've talked a lot about flights and a little bit about airports and kind of scheduling stuff, but now why don't we kind of wrap up by just talking about all the things that we do and that we would mm-hmm. encourage other people to do to make this the best experience possible. I want to go first. Please. <laughs> So something that I re- – it really took me way too long to figure this out. Like, it's it's definitely not just me, but, like, it's definitely, like, growing up poor and, you know, you just feel like, like, I've spent a lot of money for this flight. I need to take full advantage of everything that this experience has to offer me. Mm. So, like, when they're serving meals, whatever drinks that you can get, you know, I need to, like – eat all of this so that I like haven't wasted anything and haven't wasted any of my money. And so it took me a very long time to realize that you shouldn't do that. (laughs) Like what is most important when you're traveling, especially internationally, is that you need to listen to your body and figure out what your body actually needs Mm -hmm. to continue to feel like a human. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So That means that if you've been sitting for hours and hours and hours and your stomach kind of hurts, then maybe you don't need to eat this super sodium high rice and chicken and some like super creamy dessert. 
Did you know the reason airline food is so salty is that your taste buds don't work as well at high elevation? That's crazy. You know, people always make a joke, oh, airline food is so bad. But it's actually mostly your fault, not the airline's fault. (laughs) If you ate the same food at, like, sea level, it would taste super salty and way more flavorful. Whoa. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, a lot of times I... I don't know. I just eat to satiety, whatever that actually means. So you're not going to starve. They're going to give you enough meals throughout the flight that mm-hmm. you're going to feel full anyway, I think. Yeah. Um, and here's a tip so, that my dad taught me, which is magical. <laughs> he was hungry and he just went to the back and was like, hey, I'm hungry. And they're like, here's a sandwich. And he was like, thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, even, like, if you don't like the meal or whatever, don't be afraid that you won't have access to any food again. Right. You know? Exactly. And, like, international flights, they don't make you pay for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, get whatever drinks or food that you need. Get a gin and tonic if you want a gin and tonic. But don't get a gin and tonic just because you're like, oh, it's a free gin and tonic. You're like, yeah, maybe I have not. To get it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I should drink water instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, here's a hot tip. Every time I order anything to drink, so whether it's wine, coffee, you know, juice, I also order water always. Yeah, yeah. They will give you multiple drinks. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask for what you need. Yep. <laughs> and speaking of drinking, just flying is super dehydrating for your body. I'm not mm-hmm. totally sure why, but I guess it's the same when you're hiking at high elevation. You have to drink more water, so it must have something to do with elevation and body and water absorption and stuff. But one of the reasons you feel so crappy after you fly for a long time is you're super dehydrated. So yeah, bring a refillable water bottle, fill it up before you get on the plane. Hydration packs are great, you know, like the kind of powdered Gatorade stuff or whatever. Mm -hmm. I recently discovered Hydrant. Thank you, Instagram ads. Just don't get ones with like fake sugar in them. Yeah, don't do that. You know, you can make your own hydration powder, too. Yeah. It's just sugar and salt, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can add other flavors, too, but yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's a really helpful thing. It's very simple that will help you feel a lot better as you're traveling. Yeah, which is another reason that I like staying in the aisle because I like to drink a lot of, well, yeah. I mean, in my daily life, I drink a lot of water, so I try to keep up with that as much as I can, so like... I don't want to intentionally dehydrate myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like before you get on the plane, I would recommend like before the day leading up to your flight and also like the day before, I would recommend drinking a lot of water. And then like right before that you uh, go to the airport or take your flight, take some low grade aspirin. So like 80 milligrams, I think Hmm. is good. And that helps with um, sitting for long periods of time. You... Don't get blood clots that way. Oh, yeah, that's good. Um, Let's not die of blood clots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, please don't take aspirin if you are at risk for, like, over bleeding. Is that <laughs> a word? <laughs> like, if your blood already, if you're on blood thinners, you know, like your blood is already not clotting, yeah. then don't take right, aspirin. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you could also, like, do compression socks. Yeah, one of that our helps. friends recently got some of those, and she's obsessed. I think that makes yeah. her seem like an old lady, but if it works for you. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't really swell up on planes like other people do. Like, the only time that happened to me was when my foot was broken, so. <laughs> yeah. 
Try to stretch, get the blood flowing as soon yeah. as you get off the plane. Do some yoga in the airport. I love walking around. Like if I have a really long layover, I will just walk multiple miles. I'll try yes. to go down every wing, every terminal of every, you know, section of the airport. That's that helps me a lot too. Mm-hmm. Just get the body going. Agreed. Um what kind of food do you try to eat in the airport? Oh, man. Uh, we talked about this in our last episode, which you guys should totally listen to because it has different stuff than this one does. But this is going to be an overlap because it's so important. Dude, buy real food. <laughs> mm-hmm. This was my version of what White was just talking about, how like when you're trying to save money, you make bad decisions. Yep. And what I would always do is... I'd like go to Starbucks and get a coffee and then like the cheapest food would be a muffin or something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're already not feeling great. You're not moving your body a lot. You had a bunch of carby food on the plane and then you're just eating a bunch of carbs and sugar. (laughs) Like (laughs) your body's not going to like that. So Mm -hmm. I feel like in the last few years, I've really gotten to this place of, you know what? A $15 salad versus a five dollar muffin is worth it yes (laughs) my body will thank me later so i always buy like real food you know meat protein vegetables Mm -hmm. get all of that in and you can bring snacks like i try to bring healthy snacks you know nuts or like protein bars or even some depending where you're going you can bring fruit and yeah so if you're worried about being on a budget like you can bring food through security it's okay right um but i think it's totally worth it to just one day out of your life buy a meal that's twice as much money as it should be (laughs) yeah i even have like like in the qatar airport since i fly out of there so much i have like one solid meal that i always get which is a Caesar chicken salad sandwich wrap. Nice. And it's so good. Nice. Every time I go there, I'm like, I look around and I'm like, should I get something else? And I'm like, no, the wrap <laughs> is just delicious. That's awesome. Yeah, I recently had, this is again, our amazing travel credit card, Chase Sapphire Reserve. It not only gives you lounge access, sometimes you'll get a discount at like a restaurant or a store. And so it, there's a vegetarian restaurant in the Seattle airport that's the only... <laughs> full vegetarian restaurant in any airport in the u.s apparently Mm. um and i got a free meal there so i like got this nice salad and kombucha and it was amazing that's awesome okay so that's like we're talking about food and you know drinking and stuff but i feel like there's other stuff that makes your experience good too like i don't know like for me prepping all of my entertainment ahead of time Mm. (laughs) and i usually like i feel like i bring 10 times more than what i need yep but sometimes when I get in the moment, I actually want something different than I thought I would want yep. or whatever. You know? <laughs> so I bring books to read. I bring knitting. I download a bunch of podcasts. I download stuff on the Netflix app. I bring a book of crosswords, like, you know, whatever. So I feel like everyone has different things. Some people just like to watch the movies that are on the plane and that's enough for them. Or Yeah. My one friend told me she does nothing. Wow. She just sits on the plane. I've like seen those people and I'm always like, how? <laughs> I know. She said her husband gets so mad at her. He's like, don't you want to like, bring a book or something? She's like, no, I'm happy. What do you do? <laughs> she just sits there like staring at for four hours. Amazing. I know. It's incredible. <laughs> I wish I had that skill. I know. I I don't have that skill Anytime, anywhere, I'm completely spastic. You know, she's extremely emotionally healthy, and I feel like that's maybe both a cause and an effect. How dare she? Yeah. 
the fact that she just sits quietly, she probably processes all her emotions. And then because she's emotionally healthy, she doesn't need anything to distract her from the pain. And here we are with like, we like are the children that we are traveling with. And we're like, I gotta have all of my knitting and my podcast and my books. I gotta have multiple books. I gotta have the movies on the plane, movie on my phone, movie on my tablet. Because that's definitely what I'm like. Yeah. Woo wee. I feel like the thing is I always prep all that stuff and then I'll just listen to podcasts for 12 hours or just watch movies or just sleep. Like I never use everything that I prep, but I just need to be prepared for every contingency. Yes. I love watching planes on movies though. Like I already don't really sleep. You love watching planes on movies? Ah, dang it. Kill me. (laughs) Um, I will love watching movies on planes because those are all like the new releases that you don't get to see otherwise. It's true. Yeah, I've seen so many movies on planes that I would not watch any other way. My, this is ridiculous and people are going to hate me for this, but (laughs) I am not very good at watching action movies. I love the idea of action movies. I cannot tell you how many action movies I sit out to watch and I'm like, this is going to be really good. Like all of the Jason Bourne movies. I'm like, this is amazing. I love them in principle. And then I sit to watch them. I fall asleep. (laughs) I am not a napper. Probably like four times a year I nap and it's during action movies. But do you have like narcolepsy and it's like too intense and it makes you go to sleep? No, it's freaking boring. It's so funny. (laughs) It's really, really sad and it makes me sad for myself. So anyway, this relates to being on planes because if I am tired and I need to go to sleep, then I'll pick an action movie <laughs> and that'll put me to sleep. So like this trip, it was John oh Wick. Oh, I've heard those are ridiculous. They're crazy. So I like started watching it and it's like, oh, this is, you know, I'm going to watch it. I've heard so much about these movies. And then, you know, the first fight scene comes up and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so every time that I would wake up for a meal, And I would be like, oh, I feel like crap. I need to sleep again. I'm like, well, I'll turn back on John Wick and put it to the middle of the movie. Like a charm, I would fall asleep. Man, I wish I had something that magical. Yeah. And then they took off the John Wick movies the last time that I flew. So How are you supposed to sleep? I couldn't. I didn't. I tried to put on one of the Marvel movies. Yeah. And it didn't work. There was too much talking. <laughs> but it's always been like that. I remember being a really little kid and watching one of the horrendous Pirates of the Caribbean sequels. Yeah. And there's like a 20 minute fight scene between these two pirate ships. And I fell asleep every single time. Oh I gosh. never have seen the whole movie. <sighs> okay. Um, entertainment. What else? Um, so on the last episode, we talked about like what we like to wear when we're traveling and tips for going through security and what to pack in your carry-on to make your experience better, you know, mm-hmm. like extra clothes and, you know, toiletries so you can freshen up and things like that. Uh, we talked a lot about crying. <laughs> <laughs> we did, didn't we? I think yeah. it was fresh. I think we both had had some bad experience recently. <laughs> but yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I hope you learned a lot about traveling internationally and i hope it gave some like practical tips that will kind of prepare you moving forward Mm -hmm. Um, but like we said check out the other episode too if you want even more info what was it called um international travel joys and woes Mm, yes many woes apparently yes many woes (laughs) well thank you um i'm leaving for nepal in just over two weeks and now i am more nervous to travel (laughs) 
After talking about it? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I'll just go into my Zen mode. <laughs> nah, it'll be fine. In a couple weeks, though, right when Big gets back, then we're planning to do another episode specifically about traveling into Nepal through the Kathmandu airport. That's right. So we've had quite a few questions from you guys over the year and a half that we've been doing this podcast. But if you have any specific questions about what it's like to travel into Kathmandu, let us know. We'll address them in that episode. Yeah, we definitely will. And speaking of letting us know and contacting us, this week's segment is Mailbag. Yay! Yeah, so I got to tell you guys, White usually does all the Instagram stuff. And if we get emails, like mostly she's the one who responds to those too. But she is a super millennial and she is so fast at responding that sometimes <laughs> I don't even see that we have a message. And so this message that we're about to tell you about today, I didn't see it and it was like two weeks ago. And as I was reading it, I was like getting so happy and excited. <laughs> And she's like, why are you so emotional? Look, I haven't read this before. <laughs> so anyway, with that high expectation introduction, <laughs> take it away, White. Okay, so this is from one of our listeners um, who just reached out on Instagram. And first of all, yeah, it just makes me so happy when, like, you don't have to necessarily be like, hello, my name is John Doe, and I am planning to go to Nepal, and I need to ask <laughs> these specific questions. Like, we're... Real people. I don't know if you guys knew that, but <laughs> if you are. can't tell from this podcast, I don't know what <laughs> will convince you. <laughs> We're a very relatable. Um, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you just reach out and say, "Hey, uh, that's it. That's all you can say." Hey. <laughs> I can't think of an example. Hello. I mean, I even like it when people just do like the emoji response to our stories. Yeah. Like, even that is good. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's so much better than like Facebook that like gives me notifications on my phone that it's like this number of people have opened your story. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> it's never going to be enough people that it's like really encouraging to it's me. It's under 10,000. So I'm pretty depressed. About it. <laughs> that's my true millennialism coming out. Okay, but here's an encouragement side note to help you with your numbers that you don't like. We're the number one travel podcast about Nepal. <laughs> Yay! We found our niche and we have we stuck to did. it, by golly. We zoomed right in on that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of fell into our laps, but um, anyway, so this week's mailbag is from a listener who just reached out on Instagram just to say that they really like the podcast and shared a little bit about their own story with Nepal which we love. We love talking about Nepal and connecting with you guys. So you can't hear me, but I have a big goofy smile on my face. <laughs> All right. So they say, hello, I just wanted to send a quick message to say that my family loves listening to your podcast. About five years ago, I lived in Nepal for four months and ended up meeting my wife. It took a while to get my wife and two stepsons visas to come to America, but they've been here for about three and a half years now. My boys always love hearing people talking about Nepal in the car. Hey. My wife and I enjoy listening to your stories about Nepal and things that are different. We also laugh as we remember how I still stumble through basic things like showering, shopping, reading <laughs> facial expressions, and pretty much everything else. You get us. Oh, yes. That's like when we became friends. Like right then, I was like, yes, 
I understand where you're coming this from. This person understands us, yes. Daily struggle. <laughs> On a more personal note, I also really appreciate you guys being vulnerable about things that are hard while spending time or living abroad. Thanks again for the podcast. We love being able to relate as we often feel like we are living in between two worlds. Uh, That's awesome. Yes. It made my day. I know. It's so fun for us to hear from you guys because we put a lot of effort into the pod. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we really enjoy it, but we don't get to see you guys, you know. So knowing that there's people out there who are enjoying what we're doing and feel a connection to us makes us so happy. Yeah. And I love that you guys listen to it as a whole family. Yeah. It's my happy noise in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. We appreciate you guys so very much. Thank you for everybody who has you know, sent in messages. Yeah, I know we don't get to read everyone out, mm -hmm. but I am definitely reading all of them. <laughs> and sometimes I let Big read them too. <laughs> You're so nice. <laughs> so keep it up. Yeah. Uh, I think you guys know how to find us on Instagram and Facebook and email bigwhitepodcast at gmail.com. Literally just Google us. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably like the third thing down. But you'll see it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You, you'll know it when you find it. You'll know it. And we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think I should, uh, yeah, I should hang up now. So uh, I'm going to yeah. say goodbye. Yep. Okay. Goodbye. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> bye. 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 I mean, we've been doing the pod for like a year and a half, right? Yeah. So like half of our time has been away from each other. Yeah. That's crazy. That's so sad. Is that how you cry? Because that's weird. <laughs> that's why I never cry. No, all those crying in airport stories like have a whole new meaning to me. <laughs> when I'm watching a little princess on a plane in the middle <laughs> The guy at the Turkish Airlines desk, lady, lady. <laughs> He's like, um, I'm trying to get you a new flight. <laughs> no, you really have to get throaty if you're gonna like actually do that. <laughs> <laughs>